Welcome to the Next Level Show, where we talk with people behind Next Level ideas, products, and technology, changing the world around us. I'm Lubo Smith, the co-founder and CEO of STRV. My guest today is Jan Kalton, the CTO of STRV and a former iOS engineer. Jan has been with us since 2016, and he is the guy to listen to when it comes to all things Apple. So of course, I had to get his take on the Vision Pro what we can expect going forward and how it impacts the Apple ecosystem. So let's dive right in. Hello, Jan. Hey, Lugo. I'm very happy that you are the first person that is ever returning to the podcast. So welcome back. What a privilege. Thank you for having me. <laughs> you have been a great proponent of augmented and virtual reality and you were predicting Apple taking a big move when it comes to launching a device. What did it feel when, you know, after many, many years of your predictions, it finally came to fruition? And at WWDC earlier this year, they actually announced Vision Pro coming to life. What was the feeling on your side? That's a good question. Happiness, of course, because I've been looking forward to it for, for quite a while. Relief, because it finally finally came. And a little bit of I told you so, because people here at the CRV have been making fun of me for the past five years since I've started saying that it's coming. So every every WWDC, they would ask me, like, is it coming this year? And I was like, yeah, maybe. But this year, I was quite sure. Yeah, I think there was a lot of rumors around that. But frankly, from my perspective, right, and that's what I'd like to dive into today, it was shocking how they presented something that like people did not even think about. There, there is a lot of new cool stuff. And I think we still don't know what's what it's going to do, right? Is that going to be a big shift that it opens the door for special computing? And maybe it's the first device that is going to be launched, but it will open a whole new variety of applications that can be built. And it might also influence the same impact that you know mobile phones and mobile applications did around 2008 2009 and and onwards and so i would like to hear your perspective how do you think this is this is all gonna evolve and is that a big shift or is that something that can also be a flop as we have seen with some other trends well anything can be a flop course anything can be a flop but truly i don't believe that this is going to be a flop i think that we need to look at it with a time perspective in mind right so are we going to stop using our phones and use just just vision pro from next year onwards most likely not and i don't think that's that's apple's plan to be honest i think that this device is a door opener to something that will eventually change world and how we interact with the digital you know products and digital world in general but this one i think it's it's just opening the doors to what's to come so by now you already had a little bit of time to play around with the testing kits and with you know the environment to build apps and as you are gearing up with your team to and explore this capability 
What are some of your thoughts? How do you think we need to change the perspective of what building digital product digital products mean and how do we adjust to what it means for Vision Pro? I haven't played with the test kit, the dev kit yet. Just the, you know, three days ago, Apple released the call for applications so that, you know, you can, you can apply and then get the testing device delivered to you. So I haven't played with that one yet. I have played with the simulator, of course, that was, that was released in the Xcode beta. And of course, it's a beta, but you can already see the glimpse of, of what's to come. And I've watched an enormous amount of videos from WWDC, the Worldwide Developer Conference, you know, talking about, talking about Vision Pro and Vision OS and all the related frameworks. And I'm frankly excited. We're not going away in the next few years from the traditional style of development for Apple platforms. Those are here to stay for, for quite a while, in my opinion. But the way you build for this device, the, the sudden switch from, from 2D to thinking on the, on the Z-axis as well and, and interacting with the world around you, it, it's, it's kind of mind-blowing. And I think that we're looking at readjusting ourselves to think different. It's, it's kind of fitting to think different, to think different about uh, <laughs> what the products will look like in, in the future when they are aimed towards being used in this kind of fashion. Because really, the, the switch from, from rectangles into d space to the world around you is, is enormous. The world is your oyster. That's what, I, that's what I would say. The world is your playground. <laughs> and like, there... Uh, to me, it feels like, you know, the way how they have assembled the product. And of course, like not everything is perfect. What I, for example, find a little weird is that there's a cable from the Vision Pro device that goes to your pocket where you have the battery. Of course, like it makes a lot of sense because you don't want to carry the weight on your head, right? It would likely not feel that good afterwards, but it's it's little weird. But I think we have seen that Apple can influence our behavior and our perception of what's cool and what's not that cool. When I remember when uh, the first AirPods were released, everyone thought like, what is this weird thing that you wear in your ears? Right? It looked so, so weird. Incredibly. And, and today, like when I look at it, like AirPods are part of the culture. If I go out, like, and I look at people walking on the street, right? Oh, majority of them, they have the phone in their hand. They are looking at it and they have AirPods or some kind of earbuds in, in their ears. And it's happening everywhere. It's, it's insane how they hardly manage to change the perspective and like they they made it as one of the most successful products in the apple history so uh i'm very curious about what's gonna happen with vision pro and of course like with the price point of you no know, thirty five hundred dollars it's it's very heavy likely you know it's not gonna be a mass spread device but right away but it's the first iteration, right? We can only imagine what's going to happen afterwards. How do you see this? Well, I think that Apple can 
absolutely do that. We've seen it with many products, uh, not, not just the, the airports, but, uh, but many others. The thing is, yes, it's expensive. Yes, it has its flaws based on uh, you know, the available information. The cable ca- kind of thing is, is different, of course, but, but every decision that they've made, I'm sure, is justified by, by some argument, right? So, for example, you, know, you can't fit large enough battery into the headset so that it is comfortable. You simply cannot. The, the technology doesn't exist, I would even argue, right now. So it makes perfect sense. It's, tr- it's a trade-off, but, but it needs to be there. Because what I think Apple is trying to do, and now we can speak about the price point as well, they're trying to completely overkill that device as far as experience is concerned, as far as power is concerned, as far as what it can do is concerned. But I think it's needed. Because right now, you have many headsets on the market, right? Like you have the headsets from Meta, from other companies, and they're okay. They're, they're fine. But I don't think that if you're a company that tries to do a kind of a one-shot exercise at, at the thing, you can create something that's okay. You, you need to make a bang, right? You need to create something that perhaps is too expensive for most, but is so good that everyone wants to use it. And I think that that's where they're going, right? I would even argue that the, the price point doesn't matter. They're not even planning to manufacture that many of them next year, a couple hundred thousand, if I, if I understood correctly from all the rumors, no one knows for sure, except Apple, of course. But I would argue that even if it costs 10,000, it would be selling to the people that actually are the early adopters. The price point doesn't matter at this point for the group that they're targeting. And I'm assuming that down the road, they will come up with devices that are less expensive, perhaps smaller. Let's see five years from now. But right now, to make the big bang, in, in the AR VR space, this is required, in my opinion. What is your point of view on Apple not mentioning AR or VR in the keynote presentation? I believe a single time. Mm-hmm. And instead using their own term, at least like in my understanding, their own term. Of course, the term existed before, but it was not used much. And they, kind of reintroduced the idea of spatial computing instead of, you know, using our VR terms and then being compared to the other devices. It seems like they are creating a category for for only themselves. They haven't even mentioned AI, by the way, in the keynote once. They were speaking about transformers and stuff like that, and they didn't mention AI even, even once. And I think that's a very carefully calculated decision. Of course it is. But I think that if you don't use the terms that your competition uses, you're basically getting yourself out of the possible comparisons, right? So, for example, if in one of the other big companies, AR is associated with a flop of one of the devices or VR or, you know, any of the other Rs, then you're still doing spatial computing. You're not doing that. So, so you're taking yourself out of the comparison equation. And I think it's very smart. And, of course, I think spatial computing is vastly, vastly better than, than any of these abbreviations. We're IT, uh, we're developers, we, we like abbreviations, but my mom doesn't really care uh, about two-letter two, uh, abbreviations of, of whatever they mean. And on top of that, there's too many of the R's. There's AR, there's VR, there's MR, there's XR. It's not really you know, consumable by the, by the typical end customer. So I, I think it's, it's very smart. 
it's just it's just a very good choice. And spatial computing sounds cool. It sounds so cool. It does sound cool. That that's for sure. And like I kind of like how they introduced it and how they kind of opened up new door for how to think about the product and what it it could it could bring in in the future. Because even if you look at the device, I'm not sure if you should call it VR or AR gadget because that's it has the kind of you know you see the eyes they are fake but you still see them you you see the the surrounding around you it's not that you would see directly but it's being projected there so i don't even know what to call it so i think they are better off creating a new term themselves what was for you the biggest surprise when it comes to the specs or how the device functions based on like what we have so far gathered from the videos right it's, it's probably going to be different than when we actually get our hands and eyes on the actual device to me i was kind of expecting that it would be packed with sensors i was kind of expecting that the displays would be tremendous so that you know it's it's made sure that the experience is without lag and as smooth as possible i was kind of expecting that what i was not really expecting is the software part of it the the way you interact with the device i think is is absolutely revolutionary and not in the way that the you know the bits and pieces of the of the whole experience wouldn't exist they're all possible but to me the most kind of groundbreaking thing is that you control the device with your eyes so you look at things and they become selected right then you do this little tap with your fingers and you you select the thing right you interact with it and i think that the eye tracking in cooperation with the with how the system is designed how the ui is designed was the integration paradigm in general the interaction paradigm in general i think that's the thing that surprised me most like with with other devices you expect controllers right uh but you have the best controller here with you this this is your best controller the eyes are your best controller so why have controllers yeah and like i feel like from my perspective at this point we can't even really imagine what it what it's gonna feel control the device right because like this is just a very new pattern that we are not used to like controlling something with my eyes like wherever i look it does something and then if i snap fingers it's like you know tapping on on the display that to me is gonna be something new and i would just like i can't wait to try it and to feel it what what it's like but we'll definitely need to learn this new behavior and i think there's two revolutions happening right now and i can describe it in part through the history of of devices right so Originally when I was a when I was a kid the only way to interact with the digital world was through a screen a keyboard and a mouse right this is this is what we used then suddenly apple revolutionized the space with the touch screens and touch devices iphone being the the first one that was actually polished enough so that it would be it it, it, could, it could be considered revolutionary and so you went from you still had the screen of course we still have the screens but you went from interacting through a different piece of hardware with that screen to interacting with the screen yourself with your best controller with your with your fingers with your hand and now what we're seeing is we're replacing 
the hurdle or the abstraction that is sitting in front of you, in between of you and the device, where you don't need to touch anything, right? You you look at things, and, and that's revolution. You you don't really need to interact with the physical thing that you're seeing things on. That that's one part of the revolution, in my opinion. The other part of the revolution is you don't need the screen. Well, you still have two screens, of course, in front of your eyes, but it it is as if it was was not there, right? Like it's it's like looking through glasses. And suddenly your digital experience is not constrained to a rectangle. It is suddenly all around you. And so you're not touching a physical device and you're not looking at a physical device. And if that is not revolutionary, then I don't know what it is, honestly. What do you think this this means for, you know, the app developers and how they and we need to think about building the products? What's going to change? What, you know, will be the shift of mindset of what this can break? Well, there's a, there's a learning curve, of course, to all the new frameworks. Well, they're not, some of them are not new. ARKit has been with us for, what, seven years now? So we've, of course, been playing with it for, for quite a while. So it's, it's not entirely new. But I think that even though you can develop for it, it's still Swift. It's still the, the familiar frameworks. It's still Swift UI for the traditional 2D UI. Where you need to change your mindset is in terms of what is possible in, in the application, right? Because right now we're constrained. We're constrained to the, to the rectangle of your, of your iPhone and your iPad and your MacBook even. But suddenly you can do so much more. But, but the mindset switch that you have to make in your, in your head to try to leverage all the space that is around you and all the possible interactions with what you've built and all the possible ways to present content to your users is where we need to adjust most. I, I think it's about realizing the potential of what's possible because it's vastly bigger and vastly greater than, than what is possible now. But it's tough to make that switch from 2D to, well, world. So, like, you know, you, one of your predictions now came to fruition. If you could predict again what you think are going to be the most successful apps in the early days of Vision Pro, where it would make the most sense to invest time to build for that device to build for this new form factor. Where do you think we should be aiming? Is it taking some of the existing apps and then altering them to Vision Pro experience? Or it's something totally new that uh, we have not even thought about? Hmm. Both. I think we're in a transitionary phase. I could liken it to the early days of iOS, where we had this skeuomorphism right? Using elements that represented something from the real world, like a notepad, for example, with leather and, and stuff on it, or, or a yellow paper with, with lines in Notes app where you, would, where you would write on it, right? So I think in this transitionary phase, the traditional UIs are not going anywhere. So even, even when you look at what you can develop right now for, for Vision OS, you can still use basically your application, its iPad version, ideally, and it will look great in 2D with the adjusted look and feel, all the glossy finishes and stuff like that. But with minor adjustments, you can you can take your app and and run it in Vision OS. And I, I don't think that's going to change anytime soon because the 
fundamental way we work with applications, it cannot change in one year. So, so this is still going to be the way to go. What I would suggest for those apps that already exist and would like to venture to this, to this vision OS world would be to think about one use case of your application that would make sense to be enhanced, right? So think about one core feature that would be amazing in 3D, amazing on your, on your desk, in your, in your living room, on your table, amazing in, in a way where you can look at it from, from one side, perhaps even walk around it, and then, then implement that. So, you know, taking one part of the experience of our application and making it great on Vision Pro would be, would be the way to go for me. And I think that that's where we will see most innovations in the, in the next months and perhaps few years. But then I am imagining that a whole new category of apps that are built directly to be interacted with in this 3D world will emerge. And it may be educational. I think that there's a there's a huge potential there. It could be entertainment, you know, anything from from fully immersive games to to games that are that are in AR, you know, interacting with with your with your stuff in your room around you, or perhaps you know reinventing the way how we consume our digital content right so we're, we're used to looking at movies in 2d for example we're, we're used to looking at them this way and and i feel that while this is not going anywhere of course we may be seeing ways where stories are retold in a different format and i i think that this will this will be quite quite amazing yeah and i think like when i look at consuming content for me this is a great opportunity to leverage the device because like you can go above and beyond make the content richer mm-hmm. more interactive more immersive and i feel like you know we are obsessed with consuming content and now i mean the quality content not just the scrolling through social media but actually no, looking at something with a deeper added value. But to me, this is something that's going to totally change the perspective. That like suddenly, like, you know, you will be fully immersed into this great content. And yeah, I, I feel it will be, it'll be a great step for us in terms of introducing something very, very new. And ultimately, I think we're looking at I love Star Trek. That's my, my favorite series. But, but when you imagine what they have imagined in the series over time, where you basically call out your computer, you talk to it, and it then visualizes things there in form of holograms, but that's very close, right, to what you can do in the, in the AR space, then I think we're going there. You're, you're talking to your computer. The computer does the thing that you want and visualizes it perhaps not even constrained to the traditional 2D UIs that we're used to right now, but we're far away from that. But I think that we're going there. This is, this is where we're headed. Yeah, let's be a little futuristic. And if you take Vision Pro as a device, if you take the power of ChatGPT and you know the auto-GPT agents, and if you... Uh, take you know the pattern of us interacting with the assistants like Siri and others, 
and you combine all of that together, right? It's insane what can come out of that. And I think it's actually like becoming really close to be as an episode from Star Trek or Black Mirror even. Yeah, totally. Imagine this, right? In 15 years from now, you have your headset or glasses or whatever you have on your head. And you say, well, provided the Siri is still around, of course. They say, hey, Siri, I'm planning to go to Barcelona. And I would like you to plan a trip for me for, for three days. And you know me, I like this kind of stuff, right? And then... What's what, already out there. And then what happens is you get in your space around you, you get photos, you get a map in 3D displayed for you, possibilities, how you can go through the landmarks that you would like to visit, suggestions based on, based on the AI knowing you, and perhaps even you know being moved virtually to some of those places and looking at them and figuring out whether you actually want to go there or not. And, you know, it's just right now you would see a list on a, on a web page or, or in an app with some photos and it would be your traditional experience as with any other app. But imagine what can be done if you're not constrained to that style of presenting things. Yeah. And then the, the only question is going to be whether after you see it, you actually end up going there or you actually enjoy consuming that experience more than actually taking the, the time to travel. But like, imagine for people that can't travel, for example, right? That they suddenly will be able to have a very similar kind of experience when it comes to like, you know, exploring different parts of the world and really feeling like they are there and how it can help with even education, right? Because like, I think one of the aspects of education is making it fun. Mm -hmm. And this is a wonderful tool, how if you are like learning about history, you can suddenly tie it to something that will feel very, very real, right? You are, for example, learning about ancient Egypt and suddenly you are surrounded by the pyramids and you can see it, you can maybe explore what's inside. And it's extremely hard to like even go see the pyramids, not to say that if you would like to go inside one of them and explore areas that are not available to everybody and suddenly like you can take this experience and bring it to the masses bring it to a lot of people so that's that's what i for example find very very interesting and like it's gonna be a combination of all different kinds of technologies as you mentioned right we today see a huge rise with what ai can do to make our lives easier and so i can i can only imagine what this is going to bring it's definitely going to be a very very exciting moment absolutely and you you brought up a nice very interesting point you mentioned that you may not even end up going to that place <laughs> right but i think that's okay i think that what apple is aiming at is that they're going ar first so so they're idea is not to close you to a world which you never want to leave 
They want to enhance the world around you because we have a beautiful world. It's a nice world. Why why close the door to that to that world and and you know surround yourself with just the virtual? The the key is in in combining it, in my opinion. But sometimes the the full immersion, the the full VR makes sense. So even for people who can travel, for me, I really want to go to Cambodia. Really, I do. But I am not going to anytime soon. You know, it's a it's a it's not super high on my on my bucket list but if i could and learn something about the country in an immersive way in in virtual reality to be there and to experience what it's like i would absolutely try because not many people can visit all the countries in the world right so so i think that, that there's space for both there will be space for both and you mentioned education let's take geography again i remember learning about other countries when i was at high school and and it was so boring. It well, was so boring. Excruciatingly boring. Because what you had was textbooks. If you could show me what the country looks like, and even just a glimpse of what, what, what it's like to be there, I would remember so much more. And not just geography, physics, for example. Notoriously hard subject for, for many. But the, it's hard because we're not teaching it the right way, in my opinion. We're not showing the results of all the equations that we that we need to need to memorize and i think that just going even a little step beyond what we're doing right now using a device like this would drastically drastically improve the the way we learn about things especially those that are hard to grasp and i think that wherever visualization is needed this will be a deal breaker yeah and i feel like you know now, I, I say later on in my life, it's been quite some time since I left high school and college. And I feel like now I enjoy learning a lot more than I did back then because I have the tools that make it fun, that make it interesting, and I can tie it to an experience. And this is only going to enhance that. So, from that perspective, I really vouch for all the startups and projects in the education that are trying to bring some novelty, that are trying to bring some interesting perspective and experience to get people hooked, that they are interested in, interested in diving more into particular subjects. And of course, like you will never get intrigued by everything, like the broader spectrum, but you will always be able to cherry pick, okay, this is my niche. This is where I really want to dive dive deep. And I, I definitely feel that this new form factor of a device can help tremendously. But the next question that I have for you, I talked earlier about the rise of mobile, mobile phones and mobile applications. Do you feel that with a new form factor of a device and potentially with that spreading across, we would be relying more, we would be relying less on our mobile phones and then the time spent would move towards leveraging a device like Vision Pro or similar that will come later down the road to do most of these interactions? Again, I think it's important to look at the time scale of things. Next year? No, not at all. In five years? Well, I can imagine I can imagine wearing a device. Well, I'm used to wearing glasses, of course, but in, in five years I can I can see myself using a device like this for substantial amounts of time. For example, at work. Ten years, fifteen years from now, I can imagine not using a phone at all. And I would actually prefer that 
I would love to have the the experiences and the information that I now consume on my phone somewhere better, not constrained to something I have to hold in my hand. 20, 30 years from now, perhaps earlier, I don't know, our kids will be looking funny at us, thinking about how we held some digital rectangles in our hands, and it will be quite funny, in my opinion. I, I like, truly believe that we're looking at a, at a revolution where gradually the screens will disappear. So mobile phones, it's like riding horses to get to a destination back then. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I, I truly, truly think so. We will, we will only see, but uh, you know, it's interesting to look at it from this perspective that, you know, when you look at it from a larger point of view, that the speed at which the technologies are coming in and also fading out is only like getting higher and higher. Absolutely. I still remember having a CRT monitor on my, on my desk at home, the, the big thing right? Three times, four times as big as my head. And I was, I was playing games on that when I was a kid. And what do we have right now? Right? I, can, I can play any game, almost any game on my, on my phone, on my laptop, now in Vision Pro. Imagine, imagine 20 years from now. Yeah. Well, we will, we will only see, as you know, Apple is taking a big leap in terms of spatial computing. There is also a very interesting move from a company called Humane mm -hmm. uh, that is filled with a lot of ex-Apple people. I, I, I feel like if, if I have looked correctly, it's like 60, 70 ex-Apple people that joined that company and they operate in a little bit of a stealth mode, but there is something very interesting cooking when it comes to the combination of AI and a new form factor of a device. Have you had a chance to look at that at all? Is it the thing, the pin that you put on your on your clothes and you basically get a kind of a virtual communicator style of interface where you don't have any screen at all, but it talks to you? Yeah, yeah. So uh, And like now we can also bring back the... Star Trek, Star Trek uh, kind of thing, right? Did I mention Star Trek? I did. I think that they're seeing the same kind of future that that I've been, you know, trying to outline here as well, where the screens are not required, right? Like you still need need visual input. So I still think that some form of AR until we get holograms and stuff is is required, but the way of interacting with this thing, the way of making the leap of faith that you don't actually need to have a screen in front of you is, is revolutionary in itself, I think. So, so yeah, I, I absolutely love this idea as well. Although I feel that the visual input is, is very important, but perhaps not always, right? Perhaps not always. Perhaps on the street, you don't really need the, the AR-enhanced vision. I would say that would be cool, but perhaps you don't need it. Perhaps you can just talk and, and find out things. Yeah, I think like I just wanted to put it in perspective that it's not just Apple trying to pave the way for what is coming after phones, but that, that there is a lot of different companies and organizations that are thinking about, okay, what is going to be the next big shift in terms of how things are going to go 
And that I think is very interesting. And I can't wait to see how this unfolds, of course, over the next many, many years, likely, because these things, they do not happen overnight. But I feel like we have a lot to look forward to from that perspective. I agree. But the great thing about this is, yes, it's going to take many years, but if you realize it now, you can be at the very beginning of, of this shift. That is, in my opinion, inevitable. If you right now start working on your idea, on your app, on updating your app, on just thinking about what experience can you provide in this, in this kind of sense, you're way ahead many, right? And so I think that right now the most important thing for, for all founders is to realize that eventually this is coming, perhaps not next year, perhaps not in two years, but when it comes and you're not in, you're late. Yeah, like you, like now looking back at it, I think that people in the tech space have learned that you have to hop on the trends early, otherwise you kind of lose the momentum and then it's extremely hard to get back on. And I see it in the industry that whenever there is a new trend, right, there is a huge interest to hop on it, leverage it, and not every time it makes a total sense for everyone, right? Not every company should be leveraging blockchain. Not every company needs AI to be part of it. And I think the same way, not every company should be honing in on spatial computing, but I think that the paradigm shifted and a lot of people lost the momentum when it came to mobile applications. And I think that they learned from it. And that's why I think it might be different this time around when, you know, a new trend is here, then I think it's the opposite now that, you know, it's getting more traction and attention than it actually should, which is a good thing because in the end, it just proves whether the technology is ready or not ready, as we have seen in the past on many of the occasions. For example, when Google introduced Google Glass, right? They were just way too early and the value add of the device was not that strong, right? That's why it never picked up. But I still see an opportunity for a device like that to succeed in the future. I think that just like the level of tech that it needs to be filled with needs to be a lot, lot higher and it needs to be providing a lot more value. But I think we have also gone a long way since then. So I think we are in a totally different spot right now. And when you look at the form factor of Vision Pro and the form factor of Google Glass at the time, there is still a long, long way to go, but it's improving every year. It's improving every month. So I am a strong believer that, you know, we will see great leaps in terms of the tech for sure. You must give it to Google. They they were vastly ahead in their thinking. And I, I would I would say I'm quite certain that their thinking was completely correct. It was it was a glimpse of the future. But the tech didn't exist back then. It doesn't even exist right now, I would even argue, to bring such device to a mass market. I, I don't think it exists. It will exist, no doubt about that. But if we're not there yet, how could we have we been there at that point when Google Glass was released? But it was a glimpse of 
of a future of a future that's in my opinion inevitable to come but i would like to put it into perspective since we're talking about vision pro mostly transition yourself to the past and think about your first iphone what did it look like and how does the one that you have in your hands right now it's a it's a vastly vastly different device it's still a mobile phone it's still a touch screen but the experience that you're getting the power that you're getting in it is so much better and i think that this is what we're going to be looking at with vision pro the device that you see right now as mind blowing as it is that's iphone 1 not even right it's like we have not even like had a chance to feel it yet so yes that's that's definitely going to go through a huge improvement and you are right that uh, you know we in our lives experience the huge rise of mobile and how it all evolved and it's still evolving it's improving every single day and i can i can only imagine what this is going to do and i hope that it's not going to be a flop of course that is never guaranteed but i think that there is a whole lot of potential and i think with the way how apple decided to go about the tech and just the fact that it like the specs of it are unparalleled uh, when you compare it with other devices that we have seen and we have interacted with and like just based on the feeling that i got from the people that had a chance to test it out and an experience like it seems like you know we will be mind blown and i can't wait to that moment i of course haven't played with the device unfortunately just yet but from what i understand it's as close to magic as you can get these days and i'm i'm excited i'm i'm looking forward to it yeah tremendously it's be yeah it's been great to fantasize with you on this and talk the future is there any other trends that you feel are awaiting us when it comes to the future of computing and the whole tech segment something that maybe you would like to put out as one of your next predictions i wouldn't been point one trend in or one piece of tech in in particular i call it tech convergence as when i'm when i'm thinking about where we're going i think that we have bits and pieces devices and other devices solutions and other solutions pieces of software and other pieces of software that exist in isolation right now you have those great voice assistants you have generative ai you have you know the the chat gpt and and the likes you have ar glasses you have vr headsets you have you know the the home pods your car interacts with you in a certain way what i feel needs to come and is coming is all of these pieces brought together into one overarching experience that that will be the new way we interact with digital the the new the new interaction paradigm that will be the next big thing i i wouldn't pinpoint one of those things but i think that the company or the vendor that brings all of these together in a consistent cohesive way where you can use all of those seamlessly together i think that that will be the next big thing 
maybe on that we will expand next time because that would be a, a whole another episode and i think we could dive in and start discussing how you know the devices will interact with themselves and you know how we will live even more futuristic life which can be very exciting on one side on the other side i think we are still humans and sometimes we just need to detach from the technology a little bit and i wanted to say that as much as we talk new tech and how it consumes us it's also very important that sometimes we just switch things off and we also operate more in the real life and maybe we go to nature and absorb some energy there as well because if we don't do that i think it could also be very dangerous and that's that's why i personally don't like the whole idea of the ready player one style of virtual reality perhaps i'm i'm old fashioned as people get older they they like to cling to to what is comfortable to them but i just don't like the idea of of not living in the in the world that we actually live in and kind of isolating ourselves into something different why i i, I don't see the point so i like ar I love enhancing what we already have, but I don't like forgetting that. My perspective is that I love to build tech that makes us rely on tech like less, that basically we can switch off and we can do these fun things because we have the tech helping us on the daily and then we have more time to do some fun stuff. Absolutely. Maybe some sport or yeah, being in the nature. Jan, thank you so much for this great deep dive into Vision Pro and all the stuff related to it. And that was great insight. And maybe we talk some more future of computing next time. Thank you so much for having me. It was very nice. And uh, well, until next time. Thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please follow us on wherever platform you use to listen to podcasts. And we'd be thankful if you leave us a review. That's it for now. Till next time on the Next Level Show.